Season's greetings. It's Terry at Cottage in the Court. I hope if you celebrate Christmas, you had a great Christmas. If you celebrate Hanukkah, I hope you had a wonderful Hanukkah. And if you're celebrating Kwanzaa, I hope you're having a great time reflecting on each day. I wanted to share a friend of mine with you. Sometimes when we're in the garden, you kind of feel like you're not really alone. Whether you're in the garden or outside of the garden, trust me, the ancestors will make their presence known. If you hop on over to my blog, you will find something I wrote on Saturday because my parents left me a gift from another realm, no less. It was definitely on time, very much well received. And even yesterday, I received another gift, but more about that later. Carol Michael is an awesome writer. Garden humor writers are few and far between. Well, Carol is one that you really want to get to know. Allow me to introduce you or really gift you with the presence of my friend, Carol Michael. How you doing, Carol Michael? I'm doing great, Terry. How are you? Absolutely wonderful. And just so happy that it's winter because we can all start chilling. Explain to my listeners, who is Carol Michael? So I am a, um, just your average gardener out, out in the Midwest <laughs> that happens to have a degree in horticulture, worked in IT, and now I just, uh, I retired early so I could garden and write and garden and write. That's what I do. It's just me. <laughs> That's wonderful. How, how did you start your garden journey? So, <laughs> well, like most people, I think probably like you, I started out as a child. I mean, I always garden with my dad in the spring and summer and planting stuff and He'd give us a little plot of land and some flats of flowers that we could plant ourselves. And I loved it. Not, not, not all my siblings loved it. I loved it enough to go get a degree in horticulture. <laughs> <laughs> that's love. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when you all, was it always uh, flats of flowers? Did you ever do anything by seed? Oh, yeah. We, We'd do seeds, and when I was a kid, you know, we'd get that burpee seed catalog, and I'd go through it and mark stuff, and my dad and I'd go through it, and then, you know, we'd figure out an order and send it off and get some seeds from burpee, and he always, he liked to start his tomato plants pretty early, and so, you know, it's a whole big annual rituals of planting tomatoes from seed and going out in March and planting the peas out in the garden, and I, I still do about the same ritual. Yeah, yeah. Now, what zone are you in, Carolyn? I am 6A, and but just north of me, like you go 20 miles north, and they're into 5B. So I'm like right on that cusp. Wow. Does that shorten your season at all? Um, a little bit. I mean, I I figure my frost-free dates about May 15th to October 15th. Okay. Okay. So we're about the same. I'm kind of a 6B. Yeah, I think you're a little bit warmer than I am. Yeah, yeah. But some areas of my yard, like I've got a camellia that has not made it into the ground yet that I bought spring 
pre-COVID. It's got the biggest buds. It's in a protected spot. And I'm this weekend, I was going to plant it, but it was like, I'm going to leave you alone. I want to see her bloom. And then hopefully she'll make it alive into the ground. So after a year, well, after a lifetime of uh, a career in computers, you started writing. Why? So, yeah. So, well, I got to back up a little bit. When I got out of college with that horticulture degree, I found out that people were not going to pay a lot to somebody like me with a horticulture degree. Mm-hmm. So I could either go the fork towards a, a master's degree in horticulture like extension agent or whatever, or I could go the other direction um, and just try to live on a lot less. And so I chose to go and get a degree in computer technology. (laughs) Gotta buy those plants, right? (laughs) Gotta buy those plants. So I, I I took the first job I was offered and I stayed with that company for 33 years. It was nonprofit healthcare IT. And I just kind of went through But, you know, I always enjoyed writing, going back to high school. And even I remember in elementary school, like second grade, when she would give us paper and let us write um, little stories and stuff. I still remember doing that. So I always felt like someday I might try to do some writing. And then the, the, um, I just, you know, I didn't know how to get into magazines and stuff. So I found out about blogs back in the early 2000s and I decided to start a garden blog and so I officially started it in 2004 and I think I posted like twice and then in 2005 I posted like once and then 2006 I posted like you know someone commented on a previous and you know it wasn't great writing I didn't know what I was doing but somebody made a comment and I thought oh they're reading it so I, I took off and then I never looked back. I mean, I just kept kept writing and writing and writing. And my blog has almost 2,900 posts on it. Wow. So it's ginormous. Yeah. How did you find time to continue posting even with a full-time job? Well, so it was interesting because the fact that I did something entirely different during the day it almost made it easier to write about gardening in the evening or on the weekends because it was such a complete difference. It was almost, uh, I hate to use the word therapeutic, but in some ways it was therapeutic to write about gardening after spending days in IT because IT can be kind of stressful. Is IT very solitary as well? Um, It it can be. Um, I got into management so after about five years, I worked as a programmer, got into management and then was in management for, so that's like 28 years. That is not as solitary as you think because people are coming to you all the time. You know, they need help or there's some crisis to resolve or, you know, whatever. So it's not as solitary as like sitting there coding all day long. Mm -hmm. That can be solitary. Mm -hmm. And I bet when you were answering their questions, were you thinking about gardening? all the time and they knew it in fact <laughs> in fact i used to have this mug and i'll have to find it but it said something like um i i hear what you say but i'm thinking about gardening or you oh, know, i love it something something crazy like that and they knew i was a big time garden person you know it's not a big surprise and they knew i had this 
like this hoe collection at home, which they thought was hilarious. Except HR, they'd be like, mm, maybe not talk about those hoes so much, Carol. And I'm like, what have you got against gardening tools? <laughs> so they, they knew. And my boss, he was cool with it. He knew about the blog and people read it from work and I get comments. And so it was, it was all cool. So the, your garden inspired your stories on your blog? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So as you gardened and you blogged, then you started, or you thought about at least becoming an author. What was that about? So when I, um, I had been blogging for, I, I can't remember a couple of years and just out of the blue, Horticulture Magazine emails me and says, hey, you want to write a vegetable profile? I mean, it's all of 400 words, so it's not a big thing. I'm like, sure. And so I, I wrote that and then they emailed me back and they said, hey, you want to do some of the like the fun stories on the last page of the magazine? So I sent them like six or seven ideas and I wrote a bunch of those. And so it kind of captured my imagination that there were actually people that enjoyed what I was reading and I get lots of comments. And so um, I, I knew I wanted to write a book and everybody says, you know, and, and our, we have a lot of friends in commentary that write different gardening books and they write about real gardening subjects mm -hmm. like um, how to grow vegetables or, you know, trees and shrubs. I mean, they, they write good stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm just out here, it's like, hey, why don't I write some gardening humor? Because mm -hmm. that's what I write, gardening humor for the most part. And your first book? Tell My me first book that. was Potted and Pruned. Mm -hmm. And you remember that first year that that came out, we were, we had a uh, garden come together in Buffalo, New York. And I brought that book and everywhere I went, it's like, can I take my picture with your book? And I'll take my picture of the book over here. And remember we were in Niagara Falls and I'm holding that book out, taking a picture. <laughs> my book said Niagara Falls. I had a lot of fun with that. But, but that speaks to your personality because- right. Yeah. Humor is everything. And that's a beautiful thing. And then your second book, walk us through your book journey. <laughs> okay. So the book journey. So I wrote Potted and Prune and it got a pretty good reception. And, and uh, I don't mean to brag on myself, but it won the gold award from Garden Com in 2019 in Chicago. You were there, weren't you? Yes, indeed. Oh, that was a great, you know, we were up in that Aeon building, yes. like up in the sky. And it's like, yeah, uh, it was, a, yeah, I was pretty, pretty jazzed. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and the book is based on a lot of the stuff that I had in my blog. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned 2,800 posts. So I thought that, that 36 chapters, this tip of the iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> so then I wrote a second book. It's called Homegrown and Handpicked, A Year in a Gardening Life. And I kind of went chronologically because that's the thing to do in gardening books, right? Start in mm -hmm. January and in February or start in the spring and in the fall. Mm -hmm. And then I, I decided that the word trilogy of gardening humor, that sounded pretty good too. So I thought I'll write seated and sodded, mm -hmm. thoughts from a gardening life. So that's my trilogy, potted and pruned, homegrown and handpicked, seated and sodded. And then your latest baby. So, well, in between there, I stuck a little children's book, remember? That's right, that's right. The Christmas Cottontail, and that was a story I'd written on my blog about a little bunny found by Santa Claus, and the bunny travels with Santa on, on Christmas Eve, 
And if you're a good gardener, Bunny gets out and plants seeds and bulbs for spring flowers. And if you've been a bad gardener, he just sits in Santa's rain sleigh and eats carrots that were left for the reindeer. And until spring, you won't know if you were good or bad. So I, I asked my nephew, who's a graphic designer, and his daughter at the time was four. I think I started talking to him when she was two. When she's four, I says, I want to get serious about this. Will you illustrate this story? And I gave it to him. I says, make it like something that your daughter, Sarah, would like. So he did all the illustrations and we self-published that together. Mm. And it's in paperback and hardback. And this is his third Christmas and it still sells a few copies every Christmas. Mm -hmm. And what age group would that one apply to? You know, that one, I think people ask me, it's like, well, you know, ask the lady without any kids. I'm going to say... <laughs> four to six, seven-ish. I mean, it's the kind of story you could sit down with your kid and if they were into gardening, like this other great nephew I have, they would enjoy that story mm -hmm. to be read to them. And then mm -hmm. it's simple enough that they could, they could read it as well if they were early elementary. Okay, okay. So then? Then, then I challenged myself. I thought, you know, it's all good to take this blog material and put it into books. I decided to write a book from scratch. And so that's where I wrote Creatures and Critters, Who's in Your Garden? And it's just another 36 humorous essays about creatures and critters you might find in your garden. And I have garden fairies in there, bacteria, mosquitoes, dogs, elephants, dinosaurs. And like you said, one of your favorites was your ancestors, not physically buried in your garden, but you're like me, you think about your your grandparents and different people when you're out there in your garden because they brought to you a, a culture of gardening and, and experiences with gardening. So anyway, I just wrote that as kind of a fun little book. Mm -hmm. Of all the chapters in that book, because that honestly is one of my favorites, um, other than home uh, potted and pruned. I really like that one. But in this particular book, uh, Creatures and Critters, and it came out earlier this year, What's your favorite chapter in that book? So my favorite chapter in Creatures and Critters, that's, I'm probably going to say that I really like the garden fairy chapters because mm -hmm. I have a friend, she wants, and the garden fairies, um, it's like this persona, this other voice I write in mm -hmm. on my blog. And uh, so I wrote in their voice sort of, which is all good, I suppose. Yeah. I, we, have a, we have a mutual friend and she's like, the garden fairies need to write their own book. They do. I have to say, I thought the same thing. Yeah. Because yeah. if you read the book and understand the book, when you're at the garden, it does come to mind. I I giggled right after I went outside and garden after reading your book. I, because I was like, you know what? Dad is out here from the ancestors chapter. My mom with these mm -hmm. marigold seeds. And then there are those garden fairies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every time you lose a tool, you know the garden fairies took it. Yes, like I found my trach yesterday in the garden. It was like, those darn fairies, man. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so so what's next on the horizon? Are you gonna you have a, a book about fairies coming out? I do not have a book. It wouldn't be about fairies. It would have to be by the fairies. Let's get that clear. Okay, that, that's true, that's true. Well, 
can't the fairies well, I do, come I do have something else coming out. It's, Ooh, um, what is that? I'm working on a spring launch. And so my friend, she says, why don't you write a book about how to garden? Because she sees all those garden books that people write about how to garden. Uh -huh. And so it's called How to Live Your Best Gardening Life. Oh, whoa. <laughs> and, and so it's, it's got some humor in it as well because, and you know, these are all just essays. Like you said, they're easy reading. And, and uh, so this is coming out, how to live your best gardening life. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's geared towards any gardener from, if you're brand new and you know, COVID came and you said, I got to get out in the garden, this book's for you. Or if you're an experienced gardener and you're just like, I just need to kind of up my game or get myself reoriented in gardening, this book's for you. Mm -hmm. the, the other thing that I like about your writing is even though it's humorous, there are lessons in there. That's what people say, I sneak them in there. Sneak yeah, them. yeah. Like the, the chapter on deer in Creatures yeah. and Critters. It was like, that's true. Hostas, yeah. deer, they don't really yeah. go together. Yeah, know? they do. Yeah, Although I got to tell you, what? I don't get deer in my garden. Do you get deer in your garden? Uh, yeah, right now I'm, I'm living at uh, Camp Cottage, the deer place. Yeah, they come. So across the street, they have backyards that go back to an easement. And they tell me that there's deer in the trees back there, but they don't leave the tree line. Hmm. Yeah. So I never get any deer. So when I'm speaking about gardening, I mean, somebody always says, you got any ideas on how to deter the deer? And I go through the usual things that people try. And then she says, I tried all those, they didn't work. And I, so my answer is, I will pray for you. <laughs> I don't have anything else. I'm gonna pray for you, what's your name? Yeah. Dear yeah. Lord, please feed the deer someplace else. <laughs> and that's why a lot of people were like, you know, well, I'm just not planting anything because I've got deer. And I'm like, wow, what a blessing oh. mix missed. You know, why don't do that? There, and there are seriously, can there are some good books of um, deer resistant plants. Mm -hmm. And so one of them, I probably could turn around here and it's probably in my library here somewhere of books um, that people have written that are very good and people should right. read those resources. Don't right. give up. Right, that's what I'm saying. Never give up. Definitely never give up. So, what is the name of your blog? And are you are you still working on it? You still writing there? I do. And interestingly enough, I write there less than when I work because I'm retired now. So um, you can get to my blog if you go maydreamsgardens.com. Mm -hmm. It'll shoot you over to my blog, which is now on my author website, which is caroljmichael.com, and that's. M-I-C-H-E-L.com. Okay. Either way, I'll get you. And we can buy your buy the books from there as well? You can. You can go to my author website, caroljmichael.com, click on books, and then you'll see all the books. And then all the relevant links. My preference is bookshop.org, which supports the independent bookstores in your community. Mm -hmm. um, they can buy directly from me, and I'll sign them. Or you can go to uh, that big store named A that mm -hmm. starts with an A. Mm -hmm. But bookshop.org, I mean, you could look, if you have a local bookshop near you, Terry, mm -hmm. you can find them on bookshop.org. Mm -hmm. And then the books you buy, 
the proceeds from those sales will go to that bookstop. Ah, that's a good deal. That's this is a very good deal. deal. Okay. So because you are oh so wise and you always have humor with your advice, we have a lot of people that started gardening this year. Welcome to the club, people. Isn't it the truth? <laughs> Come what, on, the garden gate's always open. What sage advice do you have for them? You don't become a complete gardener in one season or even 50 seasons. It's a process, no matter whether you started yesterday or like I said, 50 years ago, it's a process. You're gonna kill plants every year. You and I both kill plants all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, you're gonna have disasters, but you're gonna have a whole lot of fun and a whole lot of success and you're gonna enjoy it for the long term. And don't let it get you down if something doesn't work out. Just go get another plant and plant that in its place. And then the truth, because they are always plants to be found. Exactly. Well, Kara, I want to say at least this book, Creatures and Critters, it came out in the midst of this pandemic. Right. But what a perfect book to turn off the news and just immerse yourself. It's a quick read. But it's the great way to just spend the afternoon giggling. That's good. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Oh, you're very, very welcome. Well, uh, I definitely want to know when uh, our 2021 Carol J. Michael book comes out uh, so we can add that to the repertoire. And in the meantime, I hope that uh, my listeners will pick up a copy of Creatures and Critters, Who's in My Garden? so that they can laugh as we are in the midst of nesting season and on round two of this pandemic. Oh. Amen. Yeah. So Carol, one last question. Have you noticed uh, an, an increase in gardening activity where you live due to the pandemic? Are more people turning it on, turning it off? What's the, the gardening scenario up there? Oh, it's the same here as across the country, I think. The garden centers, went from thinking that they were doomed in the spring when the whole thing kind of came down to, I can't get enough plants. I can't keep anything in stock. Everything sold out quickly and they had one of the best years ever. Mm. So it's, it's been a boon for garden centers, greenhouses and the seed companies and gardening in general. And I just encourage people, if you dipped your toe into gardening in 20 for the first time, come back to it in 21. You're really going to enjoy it. The more you do it, the more you enjoy it. That's right. And the more you learn too. And the more you can learn with humor with your books. <laughs> That's right. Carol, thank you for giving me a few minutes of your time today. Have a wonderful holiday season. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Terry. Thanks for having me on. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed meeting my friend, Carol. And I also hope that you will support small businesses, small writers, and definitely your local bookstores. Bookstores are so hard to find right now. And yes, we can always order online, but helping local businesses keeps money in your community. I wanted to share with you a special poem because I believe in encouraging 
the next generation of gardeners, young or old. We've had all this time on our hands during the pandemic. And perhaps your first time gardening was a little bit of a hit or miss. Well, even for seasoned gardeners, hits and misses just happen. The name of this poem is A Garden Can Be. It was written by Catherine Pulsifer. A garden can be a place of peace for me, watching nature and flowers be. The gentle breeze that blows around can be such a gentle sound. A garden can be a place to work with weeds attacking in the lurk while we dig them out of dirt. The weeds, our flowers, will not hurt. A garden can be a place of beauty, filled with flowers that are so groovy. A tiny seed planted and then it blooms. The fragrance can soon consume. The garden, a place for all to enjoy, even for the little girls and boys. It is a place to see nature in action. Gardening can be such a passion. I love that poem. Gardening is my passion and sharing other gardeners that I know is also a passion of mine. I hope that you will continue to follow me. My website, cottageinthecourt.com Instagram and Twitter, Cottage in Court. And of course, this podcast, Cottage in the Court. I look forward to bringing more people to your attention in 2021. I hope you'll join me. It's going to be an exciting year. I guarantee it. Have a great day.